Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode contains adult language, loud noises, brief violence, dead naming of a trans woman, intense family situations, discussions and depiction of mental illness, discussions of alcoholism, and adult situations. Previously on Arden. It feels like I could pull the universe apart at an atomic level. Fortinbras is now one of the largest agribusiness concerns in the world. We're not villains, we're apple pie. We don't have to do this. I miss my friend. Maybe my only friend. Dan had a death wish. And now that he's gone, she blames me. Clyde and Trudy are lying. And I can prove it. And I'm not like her. I'm not a fucking whore. We're all people. We're all just people. You're right about one thing. You cheated on dad. And if we acted on it or we didn't, what does it matter, Dana? You're wearing an engagement ring? They were strapped for cash after Paul relapsed. Why would he buy a new jacket? Paul was the one who found Dan's body that morning. Do you think I'd kill my best friend? But I was right. And that means something. So what now? Now we wait for him to do something stupid. Arden is brought to you by Wayface Industries. Under the water, in the air. Wayface, Wayface, always there. In all territories except Greenland. <clears throat> Welcome back, Bia. That was a long bathroom break. It's amazing how being interrogated makes one dawdle on the way back. Eh, this is not an interrogation. I'm on your side. Remember that. So, the climax. April 3rd through April 5th, 2019. Three days that doomed the investigation. I wouldn't call it a climax. You know, a lot happened after that. <laughs> well the classical definition of the term. The point of no return? Sure. The point of no return. That's fair. All right. Take me through those days. Let's start with April 3rd. Thank you for meeting me for a breakfast date. Very little time in the life of a high-stakes negotiator. Let me stop you before you say more. Yes, it's my title. Look at my card. Hmm. Teresa Hollandaise, high-stakes negotiator. My god, look at my card. <gasps> this actually says eccentric billionaire. I suspect we will get along just fine. But before we begin, you should know I've sent my location to a dozen friends. Pardon? You can't trust anyone. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't get much sleep last night. Oh, goodness, I must be tired too. Oh, thank God, you're not a psychopath. Of course I'm not. I screened myself for that on way day. You yawned when I did. Psychopaths don't do that. Does psychopathy come up often in the world of high-stakes negotiation? All the time. And the yawn thing is one of my little tricks to read a room. I read about it on Facebook and thought, oh, makes sense. Well, I assure you, I intend the opposite of murder. Pregnancy? No, breakfast. 
Great. Breakfast I like. Sorry, I'm always apprehensive. Apprehension is totally normal in this situation. I have related feelings. This contract stipulates that if you kill me, Wayface Industries has a right to a five-pound miniseries to analyze your psyche, hopefully preventing further murders. <gasps> I'm very into murder prevention right now. Shouldn't you be more concerned about being murdered than a miniseries? I'm not afraid of a meaningful death. Oh, my God. When can I see you again? Hmm. Well, let me see. You can see me right now. Okay. Studio session take one, April 3rd, 2019. We rolling? Cool. Listeners, this has gotten complicated. There are a few too many suspects and a few too many motives here. Everybody wanted Dan Hamill dead, including the horse. Footnote one, so far as we know, horses cannot commit murder. They would never. So, we thought before we get too much further, we'd establish a list of suspects, then examine how likely each of them is to have done the crime. But first, a lead fell into our laps. Recently, I spoke with a woman named Alexandria Red Dutton of the Fortinbras Corporation. She is negotiating the company's purchase of the Hamlet Hills Ranch and is currently in Hatchet Falls, the nearby county seat. She has agreed to meet us for an interview. After we left a number of voicemails. I'm real good at voicemails. After that's done, we can try to establish a timeline, and then from there... Hang on. Wonder, my boy, what's up? <laughs> no kidding. Listen, can I put you on speaker, Sheriff? I'm here with Bia and Pamela. Sheriff Wonder, is everything all right? It is, I think. Paul Breckenridge just confessed to the murder of Dan Hamill. That was easy. So, uh, was it that easy? It was not. Shortly before Easter in 2011, a Montana rancher stepped into a grain bin to fix a mechanical error. He wouldn't step out again. The local police ruled it an accident, but his daughter has spent the last eight lonely, quixotic years trying to prove that he was murdered. So was this the perfect murder? And what does Dan Hamill's death tell us about the decline of the American small town and the American dream? Join us, won't you, as we unravel this mystery on Arden. you, but I guess this will have to do. <laughs> I did it. I killed Dan. I didn't mean to, but it's all my fault. And I'm going to the sheriff now. And I'm turning myself in. Now, whatever happens, just know I love you, Olivia. I'm so proud of you. Being true to yourself. I'm sorry, your old man is a coward. Paul Breckenridge left that voicemail for his daughter, who forwarded it to us. Needless to say, my colleagues and I were stunned by this turn of events. On my way to meet with the lawyers, I reflected on Elsinore, Montana, 
It's already a town on the brink. This used to be a ranching community, but Hamlet Hills is pretty much the only game in town now. The ranch sits a few miles outside of town. It has approximately 1,500 head of cattle, which, as you can guess, needs a lot of staff to maintain. There's a lot of money wrapped up in the ranch. Did I call it or what, baby? You didn't call it. I figured out the jacket. Was it the jacket? Tell me it was the jacket. Yeah. Paul says it was his jacket. Yes! In your face! So, listeners, we did it. Didn't even take us half the season, and we did it. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. He's confessed. Doesn't mean he actually did it. It fits, doesn't it? They have a big, ugly blowout. Paul leaves his jacket behind. Dan drunkenly tries to get it out, gets stuck. Paul goes back to get his jacket. Maybe Dan's already dead, or maybe Paul just decides not to help him. That's a workable theory of the crime. You're right. It fits. You sound disappointed. Did you not want to have solved the case? There was so much more we could have talked about. Do we need to cancel with Red? Mm, let's keep the appointment. They likely brought Paul up to county in Hatchet Falls. So two birds, one stone. Yeah. Wow. Why would you need to kill two birds? You only need one, asshole. The planet is dying. Alexandria Dutton's hotel is... What the hell? Is that Dana talking to Alexandria Dutton? Screaming at Alexandria Dutton? Miss Hamill, these wild and feverish accusations aren't helping your case. You framed Paul Breckenridge. Just listen, okay? Just listen to me. They think they can get me to stop looking into this if they find a patsy. Dana, I can see you're upset, but Paul confessed. How does that make him a patsy? They paid him off to take the fall. Accidental death. Your investigation ends, and once everyone stops paying attention, that murderer sells off my ranch! I've already contacted the police, so let's wrap this up, okay? Your little display doesn't impress anyone, Dana. Ugh, childish. No wonder your mother's so disappointed. Let me go! I can't do that, Dana. Not if you're going to attack Miss Red. Miss Dutton, are you all right? It's just a bruise. I'll add assault to the police report. Needless to say, we won't be doing that interview. Not by a long shot. Officer, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I have learned my lesson. Sure you have. Wait here. I'll be right back. Dana? Olivia? What are you doing? Knitting, mostly. <laughs> what at the station? I know. I'm waiting for Dad. Ah, uh, right. Wait, are you in handcuffs? Dad didn't do it. Dana, if this is some conspiracy theory, I really don't need it. It's not a conspiracy theory. Your dad couldn't have done it. How many times did he help my dad out of some jam? Paul could never kill my dad. It's true. You know it's true. Thank God. I don't think my dad did it either, but everybody else. It's just good to have somebody else agree with me. Thank you, really. Hey. Be careful who you're agreeing with here. People might think you've lost it. <laughs> Dana, why are you in handcuffs? I may have screamed 
at a Fortinbras person about how they framed your dad. The screaming may have been followed by punching. Are you joking? No, I've still got a mean jab when I need it. God, just more proof for my mother. Proof for what? Proof that I'm unstable. She's always threatening conservatorship. So she can be my legal guardian. <laughs> Holy shit, Dana, that's... That's incredibly bad. You're going to fight this, right? Yeah, well, hard to argue I'm not crazy. No, you're not crazy. You've never been... Wait, have you been taking your medication? God, Liv, of course I have. Have you been taking your estrogen? Okay, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have asked. Sorry I snapped. I honestly don't mind being asked by you. At least you care. At least you don't think I'm some weird problem to be managed. You just don't seem like yourself. I know. I feel weird. I think it's all the stress. It's really not my place. But is there someone you can talk to? Miss Hamill, I have some information for you if you'd like to step into this room. You can say it here. Privacy is the utmost concern. She's family. Fine. Alexandria Dutton agreed to drop charges if you agree to see a doctor for a conservatorship evaluation. There's a car waiting for you outside. Screw that. Miss Hamill, it could be six months in prison. I can survive anything. Right, Liv? Olivia? It's been nearly six hours since we arrived at the station, and we're still outside waiting for a sign of Paul or... Dana? Whose car is that? Where's she going? Nowhere good. We're gonna be here for hours, aren't we? Someone should be here when we find out what happens with Paul. Yeah, and you're someone. I should follow up in a different lead. Dinner. Oh, there's a cool little coffee shop. Oh, oh fuck! What? I was just getting a little shut-eye back here. Oh, I haven't been sleeping well, or at all some nights. Oh, oh my god. You're all psychopaths. What? Oh, it's something Andy was telling me. He read it on Facebook. People who don't yawn when other people yawn are psychopaths. None of you yawned. Did Facebook get that peer-reviewed? Huh? Pro probably not. Okay. <laughs> then if I stab you, no, I have very good reasons. <laughs> I am also waiting to follow up on another lead. Right here in Hatchet Falls. Dana's old college roommate, Gwen Vandenstern. She was there the night that Dana got the call that her father died. She owns a bookstore here. Fine. I had these bugles in my purse. B and I will just eat those while we wait. Go team! And go dinner! Huh. I thought bugles had a prize inside. It's not too noisy? No, this is fine. If you don't mind just saying your name and stuff into this microphone. I'm Gwen Vandenstern. I'm the owner of Brevity is the Soul of Wit Books, a bookstore, coffee shop, and tea room. I wanted to ask you how you knew Dana Hamill. She was my college roommate most of freshman year at MSU. That would be Montana State. Go Bobcats! But yeah, before her dad died, Dana was my roomie. There were three of us in the suite, me and Dana and Rosie. And you like Dana, I'm sure. Sure, I guess. Didn't see her much. She was in a band and she had an intense class load. We got a saying, push yourself, don't punish yourself. 
Let's just say it would never occur to Dana there was a line between those two things. Well, what did you know about her life outside of school? Not a lot. Sometimes her boyfriend would drop by. Boyfriend? Yeah, from back home. What was his name? Lars? Uh, oh, <clears throat> so she goes by Olivia now. She goes... Oh, all right. Gosh, I'm sorry. No idea. You have to understand, I haven't talked to Dana since the night she left. Were you still awake for the phone call about her dad's death? Still awake? Yeah. Phone records place the call when Dana found out about her father's death to be around 5 a.m., shortly after Paul Breckenridge discovered the body. Oh, not that call. The fight. That had to have been around 8 p.m. The fight. Yeah. Rosie and I were getting ready to go out to a party, and I went to see if Dana could deign to unwind herself for a single night. I get to the door, and she's on the phone with her dad. That's not unusual. They talked a lot. Mostly fighting, but... It, mostly fighting? Oh, it was a seesaw, those two. He'd withhold her money for books. She'd scream. He'd pay up. She'd say, thank you, daddy. I told her to get out from under his thumb as soon as she could, but you know Dana doesn't listen. So that night... I've never forgotten what she said because it wasn't how I'd talk to my dad. First, she says, fuck you. I don't need your money. And then there's this long silence and I watch her face get redder and redder and then... She picks up one of her textbooks and throws it at the wall. And she says, why don't you just die already? <laughs> Come on, Dana loved her dad. Maybe so. Rosie and I were headed down to go to the party already. And Dana came with us. She said she was going to Elsinore for the Easter weekend, that she needed to take care of some stuff. We begged her to blow it off, to have fun, but she got in her car. That was the last time I saw her. How is she? She's good. So, you're saying that Dana left Bozeman Had to have been 8.30? Couldn't have been later than 9. Miss Vandenstern, Ron Dabrowski's here, and he's, he's a little upset that his book is on the second shelf of staff picks? It's the aesthetic. It's not in order of pre- You know what? I'll come talk to him. Hey, do you want to meet Rowan Dabrowski? He's a character. Uh, I, I'm fine. All right. Shit. And I'll get uh, three BLTs and Oh, a my goodness. Brenda. Lorena. What are you doing here? Just waiting for the rest of my book club to arrive. You're welcome to join me. So you're not here because you're following Bia around? Oh, Brenda, you're a card. <laughs> I would love if we could be friends. I mean, if you're going to be in Bia's life on a more permanent basis. We have a lot in common, if I'm not mistaken. You even nursed a little crush on Bia for a while. <laughs> Past tense crush. But sure. Your fiancé's cute. Congratulations. I'm not Ralph Bellamy, Brenda. His Girl Friday, you've seen it? <laughs> of course I've seen it. I love that girl. You know the one? 
Friday. It's a great movie where two journalists talk quickly to each other. The two reporters are divorced. The woman is engaged to a rather drab new man who's played by Ralph Bellamy. She keeps insisting she's on the verge of marrying poor Ralph, but she can't quite tear herself away from her ex. You see? Not even a little bit, kid. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't see. I know the story I'm in, Brenda. If there's an audience watching us... As a true crime podcast, we do uh, literally have an audience. Precisely. I've met Bia's fans. I know how people see me. They saw you and Bia together first, and they just see me as something in their way. But imagine if what they had seen first was Bia and I meeting at OddCon. How we hit it off. Had drinks later. That's a good story, too. It's just a matter of what story we're telling. Oh, that's the editors. It's showbiz, kid. I really do wish you both the best. You're great together. Plus, if there's a story about me, it's about how I'm a renegade PI with a taste for danger. Bentley and Company, Thursdays this fall. Okay. Good. We can both be in Bia's life. But she's going to be my wife. Lorena, hey, hon. Oh, Oh, that's my friend, Teresa. She's in my book club, and... Oh, I don't want to interrupt. Best of luck with the books. Do things happen to you that just don't make sense? Are you sure you're the person you think you are? Has the world around you begun to feel cold and unkind? Do you find yourself lying awake at night, tormented by the question, what happens to sheep when they die? Andy, I'm not sure I'm following this. Keep reading. Okay. Beyond the tall grass, there is a place for all of us. Follow the red line through the mountains of sound. The path is long, but when you emerge beneath the stars, you will know and be known. At the end and at the beginning, you will find the answers in the hatchery. The hatchery. I'm confused. What's to be confused about? I woke up in that bin, and it was all so clear. What the hell is the hatchery? <laughs> You'll see. Brenda, why don't you take this next bit? Okay. Research from leading experts indicates that although the surface may appear peaceful, the dark abyss is dark and empty. Soon we'll be all wearing hazmat suits. Available to purchase from Wayface Industries of the good people. But that will not protect you from the undying flame. Look closer. The evil draws near. But if you are careful, you may climb the stairway to oblivion. Only then will you be safe. Deep within a hatchery. Is this a prophecy? I went to a fortune teller once and she told me, Beware of the wooden spear. I did get a nasty splinter the next day, so... Oh, it's a horror film. They're always doing weird, creepy marketing like Blair Witch. What are you two on about? It's all there on the page. There are six pages of this? Beyond time, there can be no pain. You will learn how to greet the rider. This part just says, mollusks. Is it a self-help class? 
No, it's the hatchery, hatchery, hatchery. <clears throat> Wooden walls contain the spirit, but spiders feast on the mind. Get yours before it disappears. Deeper the hunger, wilder the desire. It will fall together in a pile of bones when you reach the hatchery. At least he didn't have us do a demonstration. That's what we think. Wayface Industries is not liable for any mutation, fugue, stage, or death resulting from the hatchery hatchery. All purchases are non-refundable. Please enjoy responsibly. Brought to you by Wayface Industries. The good people. <clears throat> so, April 4th dawns. Uh, Paul is still in jail. Yeah, so I stay in Hatchet Falls. I want to be clear, that seemed like the story. Oh, yeah, sure. Totally understandable. And where are the other major players? Dana is back home after being evaluated for the conservatorship. Something she texted Rosalind about, which set off. Thank you for meeting me for another breakfast date. The most important meal of the day. That's a wayface guarantee. That is conclusively not a wayface guarantee. Let me lay my cards on the table. I'm a lesbian. But I asked a girl from my book club out, and she turned me down. So I thought, why not marry for money? Were we to wed, we would rarely speak. I would appear at three social functions per year as your wife. I would, of course, look devastatingly attractive. Hmm. I'd require one social function per month, though you'd only be required to appear attractive at half of them. Six social functions and you let me buy a WNBA team. Ten social functions and we make every decision possible by a tense negotiation. I'll install the red phone in my office that connects only to you. My God, how I've longed to have such a phone in my life. Ten social functions, tense negotiations, the WNBA team, and... You support me in a vanity run for president where you're forced to say, at every appearance, Teresa Hollandaise, because she's better than me. I'm into hyphenation. Hollandaise Wayface? It'll never catch on. Hey, Mr. Wayface. Ooh, hey, who's this? Teresa Hollandaise, high-stakes negotiator. Very likely the love of my life. Or my greatest nemesis to date. Perhaps both. Fetch me my notebook. I must sketch. Before we get to that, <clears throat> do you know anything about Fortinbras? I've come across Fortinbras many times in my job, and they play dirty. You know Red Dutton? I used to grab cocktails with her. She would bounce ideas off of me. Oh, we've been unable to get much traction with Miss Dutton. Could you call her? What should I ask her about? The Hamel Ranch deal. It's ringing. Hey, Red, how you been? I'm calling for a favor. Do you know about the Hamel Ranch deal? Right, you too, thanks. Cocktails on me next time. Well? She told me to fuck off and die. God, that absolute hellcat. What's going on with Fortinbras, Rosalind? I try not to poke that particular hornet's nest. Well, Dana sent me this text. She writes, My mum had me evaluated for conservatorship. It wasn't Dr. Yates or any doctor I've ever met. Fortinbras is involved. I like Dana, too, but she sees conspiracies everywhere. She thinks the nighttime is some sort of evil giant's shadow. This is no conspiracy. I know of at least two cases where Fortinbras assisted in pushing the rightful owner of some property aside using conservatorships. It's usually an older person, but drug use, alcoholism, mental illness? It's all fair game to them. Does your friend have any of these issues? I can't speak to that. 
If she has anything, it's not looking good. Fortin Bras finds their own doctors. Everybody is bribed. It's all just playtime to them. Money flattening everything. I... I should make some calls. Good morning, listeners, or whenever you're listening to this, but to me it's morning. I just caught a lucky break. Turns out old Clyde Hamill thought he'd sneak up here to Hatchet Falls, but he didn't count on me spotting him and tailing him, and then briefly losing him, until he checked into the local CVS on Welp. He rated it three stars. A monster. Listeners, I have eyes on Clyde in this CVS. He's looking at greeting cards. He just politely chuckled at one with a kitten on front. Now he's checking out the wine selection. Oh, now he's going to the pharmacy counter? He's using CVS to get prescription medication? Okay, yeah, this is a bust. What's a bust? How did you... (laughs) We're the only two customers in this entire store, and you whisper very loudly. Got your prescriptions, Clyde. Who's your friend? Oh, this is Brenda. She's on a podcast looking into my brother's death. Oh, so she's going to finally figure out you killed him. Oh, Bernard. (laughs) She's always busting my balls. They found the actual culprit. They'll still get you for it. Oh, God, you see what I have to live with. Gets to a guy. Listen, uh, Brenda, can I have a sec? Sure. Let's pop over into facial soaps. Hmm, I could use a new moisturizer. Ranching is hell on the skin. I just want to say thank you for catching my brother's killer. Were Dan and I on the best terms? Of course not. And well, you heard Bernard teasing is. I got the ranch, and Trudy and I found each other, but I lost my brother. <sighs> Grief's a tricky thing. It broke Dana. She'd yell and scream if I said so, but I do love her. I, I hope this brings her peace. If Paul really did it, having an answer helps. It does. It helps. You know the jokes will never go away. People always talk. (laughs) Always. They never shut up about the aliens. Yeah, I know. But now maybe people will believe me when I say I miss him. Maybe we'll all find peace. You're probably wondering about the champagne in the card. Actually, it's for all of you. I had my doubts, but y'all did it. You really did. You're welcome. Listen, last time Rosalind and I spoke, there was crosswords. Could could you maybe convey that I spoke them out of, out of turn? I only wish her the best. Oh, of course. Did you just fake yawn? Uh, I'm very tired. The bed's in the hotel. Huh. Not great. Well, uh, I, I gotta get back to Trudy. Oh, once all this is resolved, come by to dinner on the ranch, all of you. We'll have a regular old rodeo. Your boss will love it. Listener, he didn't yawn either time. Yeah, I know it's not much, but it's something, right? Ah, oh, hell, what am I even doing? Oh my god, Lorena, I get it. We haven't seen each other. I'm working. Wow, you have missed a lot of texts. She knows how I feel about her showing up when I'm trying to do work. But 
you know, it's PodCon and Santa Fe and going skiing for Valentine's Day. It's that stupid couple's costume that made no sense. We used to just click and then marriage enters the equation. And why marriage? Do you want me to give you a brief history of marriage? Historically limiting force in the lives of women, but if you have a party, people give you presents. So why not? No, I mean, why do Lorena and I need to get married? How do you decide to... Don't, 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 don't say his name. <laughs> so long as no one says his name on Wayface property, it will never appear on any of our shows. And Andy will not own his soul. Oh, Andy owns the souls of all of our family members. You have to read the contract. Look, I dumped guys without thinking. Tons of guys. Pretty, pretty. <laughs> Look, I need to tell you all about my 20s. But after a few dates with my thus far nameless husband, I couldn't figure out how to ditch him. And after a few years, I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't leave him unless I had a damn good reason. So I swore I'd stay with him in front of friends and family. I signed some papers and some chocolate cake. Are you happy? Happiness is unrealistic. Careers tank, cars break down, people die. But he's with me. I like him, I like us. Does that help? No. Kinda? I don't know. I love you, Bia. And I like Lorena. I even like Bia and Lorena, the package deal, but do you like Bia and Lorena? I mean, ask yourself, what are you- That's Paul and Olivia. Paul, Olivia! Don't talk to us. My father has been cleared of all charges. I'm taking him home. Bye. No. No, Olivia, I, I have to come clean. It's time for me to be true to myself. Dad, let's at least clean up. He needs to rest. I'll let you know when he's ready. So, do you two always travel in pairs? For important interviews like this, yeah. Hey, you two. Thanks for letting me get back to human again. Dad, do you want me to stay while you do this? That's all right. Of course. What would you like to tell us, Paul? I'm sorry. This was a bad idea. You should go. Thank God. Would you two please leave? One second. Paul, I like you. But Dana gave us the voicemail you left for Olivia. You confessed. So what cleared you after less than 30 hours in jail? He didn't do it. Said and done. So get the hell- Sweetie, you're right. I have something to say. Dad, if you want, they can go to Wonder. You give him the okay, he'll tell them. No, I... I owe it to Dan. After all these years... After that night... I found Dan... Blacked out drunk... In the grain bin. Clutching a bottle. Raging. Could have been in the union thing, but... Honestly, I... I could hardly tell he was slurring so bad. I crawled in and tried to get him out. That made him matter. He came at me, but he tripped. Spilled his whiskey all over my jacket. I can't be around that smell. 
makes me want to drink. So I threw the jacket at him. The next morning, it was cold and I'd calmed down. I went back for my jacket, but inside the bin, the grain was the wrong color, red brown. Then I saw the parts left of him and my jacket shredded, stuck in the auger. He died trying to pull that thing out. My jacket. I saw his jacket in front of the grain bin. The same one. I put it on. I called the sheriff. God damn it, Dan. I went back to the bottle. I kept the jacket telling myself I deserved to be reminded of what I did. I told everyone I lost my jacket. And once winter rolled around, Olivia brought me a new one. I kept Dan's jacket, but that's all. Can we see the jacket? I gave it to Wonder. That was really brave, Dad. He's pretty tired. I think you both should go. Ah! Rosalind! Hey! <laughs> Sorry. I got stuck in the hatchet falls and uh, I heard what happened to Paul. Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. Um, oh, so the conservatorship. I learned something. Eh, it'll be fine. My mom's been really nice since I saw the doctor. I think she just wanted to make sure I was serious or whatever. They'd have told me if it was happening. You're gonna love this new song. I have been like a creative genius while you've been gone. <laughs> Stuff's just pouring out. <laughs> Dana, are, are you okay? Yeah. You missed me, huh? <laughs> yes, but I, Dana, you do realize that if your mom gets this conservatorship, that's it. Like, the sale goes through. I mean, nothing's standing in its way. It's, it's over. Says you. There's things we can do. Come over tonight. Sleep over. Hello, girls. I swear, Rosalind, if you stay over more often, I'll have to have Dana invite you to Easter dinner so we can properly meet her girlfriend. <laughs> it's not like that. Like that. Can I have a word with my daughter? It's really not like... I'll, I'll go. Grab a seat with... Oh. I thought you should hear it from me. The conservatorship has been approved. Jesus, that was fast. How? How did you get... Judge Masterson determined it was clear you're a danger to yourself. So... You got your wish? I'm sure Red Dutton will be out at the ranch tomorrow. Who cares, Dana? It's a ranch. Do you really think staying there is the best for you? The way you look at that grain bin? With the sale money, we can send you back to college. We can... Did it ever occur to you what I might want to do was run the fucking ranch. The place I love more than anything else. I don't want out of there. I never did. You wanted that for me. Sweetie. All that time, I thought he was the ghost. He was the one haunting us. But now I get it. I'm the ghost. And nobody wants a ghost around. Dana Hamill, you're up. The best damn singer in all of Elsinore. Okay, I guess Paul wants a ghost around. We all love you. 
That's why you need to listen to me very carefully. We know. We know you were in Elsinore that night. The cops know, too. I wasn't in town that night. I wasn't. The camera at the gas station? It saw you driving like a bat out of hell back into town that night. The night he died at 10 p.m. like you were headed to the ranch. Mom, what are you saying? It's not what I'm saying, they're saying it. They were saying it, and I can only hold off wonder for so long. Clyde was never protecting himself. He was always protecting you. They think you did it, Dana. You and I and Clyde know that's not true, but the cops... I wasn't in town. Dana. Going wild. All right! There she is! Heck yeah! <laughs> Hello to my fan! Someone up there, help me. Arms don't quit on me now. I've got no time to mess around. Legs don't quit on me now. Hold me up to stand my ground. Head don't quit on me now. No need to show how much you know. Heart don't quit on me now. Beat and let the hot blood flow. I won't forget my phantom limb. The one she says that she can't see Cut off from what would make me whole My missing part aches, but my heart won't quit on me Fuck, someone down there, help me Tongue don't quit on me now There's no one else to say what's true Hands don't quit on me now He told me we've got work to do I won't forget my phantom limb the one she says that she can't see Cut off from what would make me whole My missing part aches and my heart might quit on me They'll remember me Will they remember me? They'll remember me I remember, I remember How was Paul? Just another heartbreaking story of death and small-town disintegration. So vivid. Is something wrong, Pamela? You look concerned. You remember how Rosalind went to talk to Dana's old roommate? I went to log that audio, figuring she just forgot. Which is really unlike her. But when I looked, not only was it not logged, but as near as I could tell, she'd erased it. She's hiding something. She and Dana are hiding something. Mad at an authority figure. Frustrated by your bagel guy. Infuriated by your boyfriend. Somebody bought all the bagels. Have you considered murder? What an ultimate solution. Andy, no. Stay with me, folks, and rightfully concerned employee. Wayface does not condone murder. A controversial stance? Maybe. Brave? Definitely, yes. That's why we now have the Maybe Don't Murder hotline. If you're contemplating murder, call 1-800-NO-MURDER. That's right, 1-800-NO-MURDER. Let's try it out. Hello, and welcome to Maybe Don't Murder hotline. To proceed in English, press 1. If you are considering a crime and have a conscience, press 1. If 
you have no conscience and empathy does not interest you, press 2. Ooh, so many options! You have pressed 1. Please remember your potential victim, however horrible, and no matter how many bagels they bought, has a family. True, the but guilt no. will Let's try number and 2. You have pressed 2. Consider the cultural and legal consequences. No one wants to be friends with a murderer. You'll miss out on several parties. If you think no one will find out, consider the advancement of forensic research. They are extraordinary. Lastly, what about cleaning up your crime scene? Who has that kind of time? You can't hire someone to clean it. If you did, you'd have to kill them too. Now you're back at square one. Ugh. Well, I'm convinced. If you or someone you love is considering murder, call 1-800-NO-MURDER-TODAY. Don't wait for tomorrow. Maybe you shouldn't murder today. So, April 5th. April 5th. Morning production meeting for Friday, April 5th, 2019. Anybody heard from Rosalind? I drove by Hamill Hills last night. Her car was there. I always figured I didn't have to worry about her, of all people, sleeping with a source. Wait, wait. You worry about me sleeping with a source? <clears throat> Bia. Oh, wow. Okay, just because I have undeniable sexual energy doesn't mean... Hello, 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 and welcome back. I drove down to Bozeman and bought bagels. The best bagels in Montana, according to the owner, I asked... Sweetie, we're having a production meeting. Well, it doesn't look like Rosalind is here, so I can drop in until she arrives. I don't want bagels right now. We do have things to discuss without Rosalind. And this is the flagship hub for Wayface Radio Montana, where all the magic happens. I don't get it. This is just a radio station. Teresa? Teresa Hollandaise. Uh, hi. Uh, hello, hi. You two know each other? Lorena is in my book club. Funny story, which I will tell now. I asked her out the other night only to learn she was engaged to someone who I assume is... Don't look at me. Oh, wow, the other one. Oh, come on. I am so much more than the other one. At any rate, in a moment of weakness, fearing I would never have what I long for, I decided to abandon love entirely and instead marry a rich man for his money. I apologize to you, my fellow lesbians, women who love women, and pansexuals. Never apologize, Teresa. How do you think I got so rich? Certainly not apologizing. You apologize all the time. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry for lying. Now, we must be off. Wait, date waits for no date. You're still dating a woman who confessed to having no attraction to you whatsoever. The honesty is refreshing. Teresa, tell me that delightful little parable again about how you'd empty all my bank accounts on our wedding night. Well, after giving you a mild sedative. Jeez, what a piece of work. She asked you out? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you had to be jealous of Andy. <laughs> oh, crap. You're jealous of Andy. Morning, sleepyhead. Morning. <laughs> Do we sleep together? <laughs> yeah. Is that weird? I liked it. Waking up next to somebody? Oh, I guess it's fine. Closer on. <laughs> oh, God, I'm tired. I'm not. I'm up. 
I'm wired. <laughs> God, what time is it? Ah, oh, fuck. Fuck. Oh, I'm late for the... Oh, where are my shoes? Are you sure you have to go? Couldn't you stay? There's so much going on, and I'm having trouble wrapping my head around all of it. Pamela's already suspicious of me. I can't miss this production meeting. Why would she be suspicious of you? You're the best. <laughs> you know, when I listened to the first season, you were my favorite. Really? Oh, that's sweet. You were smart and funny, and you could do whatever they asked. And nobody thanked you or appreciated you or told you how good you were. I know this sounds silly, but I felt like I knew you, you know? Like, if you ever just met me, you'd understand. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. I see a shoe over there, so I'll just... Mm. <laughs> and then I met you, and we just clicked. Like, I knew we would. And I meet the real you, and you're smart and funny, sure, but you're kind, too. You're so kind and beautiful, and you're basically my best friend. Maybe my only friend. Please stay. I need you. Oh, fuck. Dana. What? I'm really sorry if I led you on, but this really can't. Led me on. <laughs> oh, no. What do you think I'm saying here? Well, we just spent an entire night cuddling in your bed. Okay, I'm not in love with you, okay? I don't like girls like that. I just don't. Okay, yes, live, but when we were married, that was that was different. You know, maybe... Right. Uh, maybe I misread this, but... Uh, th this happens to me a lot, and it has to stop here. I, it just... I can't. Okay? I, I, I can't. Stay. We should talk about this. Something's wrong. I can't get it fixed. I need somebody here for me, and you're the only one left. <laughs> Do you want me to be in love with you? I can try, Rosalind. I can try so hard. I can try, and I'll <laughs> no, be No, I, I don't. Sorry. But I don't. I mean, this might be easier if I did want that. I gotta get to... Oh, oh shit. Red Dutton is here. Red Dutton is... Those snakes! <laughs> Lorena, come back. It's fine. You can be jealous of Andy. Crushes are normal. Yes, you're so very sensible, as always. Do you even care that I have a crush? Is there a right way to answer this? You can't give me an answer? What a change. Oh, you're bringing that up again. We figured it out. You can't just... It's not fair. Life isn't fair. You're my mother now, wonderful. Oh, I am sorry. I, I don't want to fight. I just... Teresa wants to get married. Yeah, to Andy. Oh, not to Andy. Not to me. Just in general. It came up. Happens when you're reading The Gay Marriage Generation. I want someone who wants what I want. Lorena, I said yes. I don't know what more you want me to do. I want you to want to marry me. And I want to marry someone who doesn't come visit me during a stressful time in my life when I'm trying to make something I'm proud of and make the whole experience about them. Well, if we're married, I will be around even when it's annoying to you as your wife. That's not what I'm saying. 
You show up out of the blue when you say you're not coming to Elsinore and you propose to me. And now you're so moved in up here that you have a book club you attend regularly and a crush on one of the locals. You bother me every single day when I'm trying to work and you don't seem to understand that my job is important. You're right. I'm awful. Not awful. Just... I go away for a little bit and you fall apart. You realize I travel for my job a lot, right? This is the thing we're going to have to deal with. I was worried. Oh, come on. Worried about what? I was worried about Brenda. About? Oh. Oh. I get it. She's something. When she came back, I panicked. Things were good when she was gone, and now I'm being paranoid. I, I know you chose me. I know it. I didn't choose you. I love you. You're my girl. But love isn't a pie, you know? I don't have eight slices to give out to everybody and that's it. I have different amounts for everybody, including Brenda. She's important to me, but you're my love. Sorry about the proposal. I was going to wait until you got back from Montana and maybe talk about it and then propose at Olive Garden hide the ring in the breadsticks oh an instant yes to that plan I screwed it all up and I hope I hope you can forgive me yes of course but maybe give me some space right now we're dealing with some things and it doesn't mean you don't love me if you don't bring me bagels. Oh, they were awful bagels, too. The worst. <laughs> Dad, I've been to a lot of therapy, and revisiting your best friend's preserved crime scene seems really unwise. I mean, even if I hadn't gone to therapy, I, I know, but I need to do this. Will you talk to me while I'm in there? I'll be here. I'm in. So, how do you feel? It could be worse. It's nothing compared to the day he died. Have you listened to the recording? The one where Dan speaks to Dana and says, Remember me? Clyde and Trudy gave it to me. They wanted me to know how she was doing. I thought maybe he was still here and I could talk to him again. You ever notice how they're very concerned with everybody knowing Dana is a total mess? That seemed a little weird to you? Dad? Maybe you should come out. I, I feel weird in here. Something's wrong. What do you mean? 
Something's off. I, I think, Dan? I gotta call Dana. Dad, please. She's got enough right now. Don't set her off on- I could call the sheriff. What would you tell him? You saw something in an abandoned grain bin? We have to tell someone, Liv. We have to warn them before- Before what? Before we can't stop it anymore. She hasn't come in. She's compromised the investigation. She's quite possibly, well, I don't know what she's doing with Dana, but it's unethical. I have to fire her. Pam, I- I'm so telling you too because I know she's your friend. I just don't think she would screw anything up that badly. I don't, I Pamela's don't. right, Brenda. We don't know what Gwen said, but it had to have been pretty incriminating. Dana was in town that night, earlier than anybody thought. At least, that's my best guess. I mean, she left college hours before she said she did, and she had a fight with her dad, and possibly said she wished he would die. Hi, everyone. Where have you been? I fucked it all up. I, f I fucked it. Were you with Dana? <sighs> no, I haven't seen her in hours. I left, and they were confining her to her trailer. They? The cops. Dana was threatening Red. Trudy was within her legal rights to. A week ago, I told Dana about Clyde and Trudy, how they got together earlier than we thought, and it all flew out of control. I, I thought I could handle it, I, but I, I couldn't handle it. Okay, thanks for sharing, but you shouldn't have done that. You're fired. No, wait, wait, there's more. Okay, I was too ashamed to show up today, so I tried to think of leads that we haven't followed. The ghost tape? That's a stretch. First of all, I stripped out some of the reverb, some of the effects, pitched it up. Remember me. Who's that? Nobody I know, but allegedly the ghost. Could it have been taken from TV or something? No, it was recorded on a high quality mic. I mean, the only ones I know of in all of Elsinore are in this very room. So somebody went through a lot of effort to make this. So it's doctored audio, as we suspected. Probably Clyde, Trudy, or Dana made it. The former two to discredit Dana and the latter to make the case seem more interesting. But then Paul called and he said that there was something wrong with the bin. So I started looking at the sound from the bin because the underlying sound bed is from the bin. And listen to this. The fuck is that? It's not doctored. I don't know of anybody that could do this, or at least anybody in Elsinore. I mean, that's for sure. So there's no ghost, but also maybe a ghost? Mm, no, but something is up with that bin. Remember that fucking hatchery ad? Andy said he woke up in the bin and had an idea for that ad? So what, a haunted bin? That's your evidence. I'm saying we go out there right now. You and me, Pamela, give me one last shot, and if nothing else, you'll have some amazing audio of a ghost hunting. It's raining. It'll let up. And my husband is in town. It'll take an hour, tops. It would be good audio. Don't you start. Oh, God. Well, fine, fine. Let's go. I'll go gather some equipment. Meet me outside. You okay? Huh? I mean, with Rosalind fired and all. Oh, she'll get her job back. <laughs> and even if she doesn't, she can still be my assistant. Right. 
and an airline pilot and a wildlife conservationist and an acrobat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What do you think it was about Dana? Like, don't get me wrong. Dana is charming. She's great. But she calls Rosalind and they're just like inseparable. Ralph Bellamy. Oh, of the awful truth? Is there an awful truth that we've missed? What are we doing here? Whose story is this, Bia? I don't know. Who called us? Who told us the narrative we've been following? Who got in Rosalind's head? Who's the only suspect we've never even considered? And who was in Elsinore that night long before her father died? No. No. Dana's told us where to look all along. And she's never wanted us to look at her. Because she has something to hide. And we fell for it. Like suckers. If she's a killer. (sighs) Well, let's do what we do best. Let's solve this fucker. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's probably no one. Oh shit. Can I call you back? I can call you back. Hi. Dana, what are you? Um, I brought you, I brought you this. A flower? First bloom of spring, I thought. Oh my God, a flower, Uh like. Oh yeah, like that, like our flower. Dana, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right, I'll go, I'll. Is everything okay? It's, no, no, nothing is okay. Nothing is, I'm not okay. I'm not okay, and the pills aren't working anymore, and I'm scared. Oh, I fucked it all up with Rosalind. And I think they're using me. The Arden people. I really think. I really think. I really think. Danes. I need my friend. I just, I need my friend. And I thought... I'll bring the flower and she'll just know, you know? She'll just know that I... Oh, it was stupid and I know that. But I need my friend, okay? Okay. Thank you for the flower. You're welcome. Come inside. I'll make coffee. It looks awful out there. It is. So that's April 5th, the point of no return. The tragedy was already in motion. After that night, after everything that happened, we shut down production. We stopped recording. The police asked us to, but we also felt like, well, like it was responsible. So we stopped. 
we stopped making art in season two. Arden, Season 2, Episode 6, The More Deceived, was written by Allison Solano and directed by Christopher Dole. Our recording engineer was Ernesto Hurtado, and the episode was primarily recorded at the Rebel Talk Network Studios in Los Angeles. It was edited by Chad Ellis. Our composer is Christopher Hatfield. Arden stars... Michelle Agresti, Tracy Syed, Shannon Estabrook, Charlita Gaston, Benjamin Watts. Libby Woodbridge. Sersha O'Sullivan. Mia Drake. Our guest stars this week are... Zach Grenier. Rebecca Metz. Ptolemy Slocum. Oscar Jordan. Mike Bash. Nelinda Palomino. Jennifer Liao. Katie Wright. Grant Patrizio. Omar Andrade. This episode featured the song Phantom Limb, written by Laura Stratford and performed by Libby Woodbridge. You can find it on our soundtrack album. Arden was created and executive produced by Emily Vanderwerf, Christopher Dole, and Sarah Gollum. Our co-executive producers are Chad Ellis, Libby Hill, and Ernesto Hurtado. Our logo is by Dylan Farr. This series is produced in Los Angeles County on the ancestral lands of the Tongva, Tataviam, and Shumash. Our website is ardenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Do you like this show? Do you want to help us make more of it? There are so many ways you can do that. The quickest and easiest way is to toss us a few dollars on Patreon. You'll get access to early episodes, behind-the-scenes material, and episodic commentary. You can also, for a limited time only, still support us on Indiegogo, where we have a number of attractive perks available. You can buy special Arden-related merchandise on TeePublic, including a very festive Skunk Ape t-shirt. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you found it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other platforms. That's the end of the first half of our second season, everybody. We're hard at work on the second half, though we've been delayed by the global outbreak of COVID-19. Your support will help us work around this unprecedented situation. But we also know this is a hugely uncertain time, and just having you listening to us is more than we ever could have asked for. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, from the bottom of our hearts. And no matter what, we'll see you soon, gentle listeners. As always, our snake wrangler was Oscar Jordan, who, when we asked him what happened to the snake he brought to set, said, I gave it to wonder. Join us next time for more adventures in Arden. Thank you, and good night. This week, and every week, we'd like to thank our executive producer donors, Amy Tate, Danny Bell, and DJ Sutherland, who are more than just good people. They're the best. This week, we'd like to thank our Indiegogo backers, Grace Buckley-Christ, Griffin Newman, Haley M. McAdden, Hannah DeGroote, Hazel Rua, Hilary Blake, Hip underscore E underscore Chick 64, Holly G. Glamour, Holly H. Stratford, Isabel S. Sepulveda, Izzy O'Connell, Jacob Watson, Jag 1881, Janet O'Keefe, and Jared Walsk, who are never the Ralph Bellamy of their story.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, people of Earth. My name is Shmo Brannigan. I have hacked into this RSS feed with a promotional feature for the Wizard Scroll podcast, transcribing in 3, 2, 1. Hold on, let me unfurl this Wizard Scroll real quick. Went out of Baba Boy. Nowhere, ten humongous scorpions had surrounded the campsite. Tails outstretched. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Uh, can I get take your order? As he says, what are you gonna get? I don't know what I want. I'm gonna get the double, uh, triple uh, lobster. Oh, I'll take one too. Two McLobsters. As if on cue, the camera panned upwards. Directing everyone's attention towards the giant hot air balloon presently taking a pass over the stadium. Holy mother of sassafras, it's Gargo the Destroyer! Leaping into the frame from 420 feet in the air without a parachute! How are you liking those wizard flags, kids? The Wizard Scroll is available on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and wherever else fine podcasts are found. This concludes today's promotional feature.